Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirim and Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now in Masachet Eruvin Daf Nun Bet Amud Bet, about to begin our study of the fifth parak of Eruvin. Ketzad uh, Me'abrina Teharim, and the focus of this parak is going to be how we map out around the cities to develop uh, and to measure the tchum. Ketzad Me'abrina Teharim, we're going to see uh, some discussion about that word Me'abrino, Me'abrino, with an Aleph. Bait Nichnas Bait Yotzei, Pagum Nichnas Pagum Yotzei, so if there are houses that jut out from the round circle, as it were, of the city, or pieces of the wall that jut out, if there remains of a wall that were ten tfachim high, uh, or there are bridges, or there are mausolea, or uh, uh, grave sites where there is some sort of a residence there, like a guardhouse, then we start measuring from beyond that. And then we make a, a imagine as if there is a square uh, around the city, so that even though there's 2,000 amot in a radius, we then circumscribe a square around it, so you gain the extra uh, measure from the edge of the circle to the corner of the square on four sides. That's the Mishnah. Now, Rav Shmuel, we have Machlok, and Chad Tani Me'abrin, one of them learned Me'abrin with an Ayin, Chad Tani Me'abrin, one learned with an Aleph, and of course, as we've said many times, there were no written Mishnayot at the times of the Amoraim, the Mishnah was only written down after that period, and therefore, all of this is Balpeh, and therefore, Me'abrin, Me'abrin, was a variation that would be understandable. Mandatani Me'abrin, Shmuel's version with an Aleph, because Ever Ever, meaning limb by limb, like a pregnant woman. Now, once you mention that Rav and Shmuel had this dispute, you mentioned three other disputes that they had about understanding. And uh, here, we um, just as we had with Rav and Shmuel, but not clear which one said Me'abrin and Me'abrin, so we have in these Machlokot, Rav versus Shmuel, we don't know who said what. Me'arat and Rashi quotes this in his commentary on Chumash, why is the cave that Avraham bought from Ephron called Me'aratam Machpela, Rav Ushmo Acharamar Shnei Batim Zelif Nimizet. Two rooms, one inside the other, Machpela, doubled. Acharamar Bayit Va'ali Al Gabav, one above the other. Bishwan Amar Zel Al Gabav Zel, one above the other, Hanu Machpela, it's doubled. Elamadamar Shnei Batim Zelif Nimizet, but if it's one inside of the other, my Machpela, why is it called Machpela? It's just a series of rooms. The answer is Shikfula Bezugot, because it has doubled couples there. Adam and No said, we'll see this in a second, Mamre Kiryat Arba, the name that always appears in the context of Hebron is its other name, it's evidently earlier name, Kiryat Arba, and um, here's an instance when Yaakov comes to Kiryat Arba to uh, see Yitzchak and then to bury him, Yitzchak Kiryat Arba Zugot, why is it called Kiryat Arba? Because of the four pairs that are buried there, Adam, Chava, Avram, Asari, Tzach, Rivka, Yaakov, Vileyat. All of them, of course, explicitly in the text, with the exception of Adam and Chavat. Uh, third example, Vahibime Amrafel, the big war of the four kings from the east. Who is Amrafel? Rabbi Shmuel, Charamar Nimrod Shmo. His real name is Nimrod. Amrafel. So it's a Midrashic tradition that Amrafel and Nimrod are the same fellow. Why is he called Amrafel? Based on the Midrashic tradition that Nimrod was the one who pushed Avram into the fire because Avram wouldn't worship his gods. Uh, so he's called Amrafel, the one that pushed Amraham in the Hippil. 
His real name is Amrafel. That he rebelled, he caused the world to rebel against God with his kingdom, and that of course associates Nimrod with the building of the tower in Breshit Yeralaf. The last one is Vayakom Melech Chadash Al Mitzrayim at the beginning of Shmot, a new king. One of Rav and Shmuel said, really a new king. King died, new king. The other one said, no, he's a king that changed and looked like a new king. He had new decrees, the decrees of slavery and infanticide, etc. It says Chadash. But the one who says that it was not a really a new king, but it doesn't say the king died and a new one took his place, as it does in Breshit Bet when that pharaoh does die, and as it says throughout Sefer Malachim. But it says it's a king that did not know Yosef. If it's the same king, what does that mean? He seemed like someone who never knew Yosef at all because uh, the way he behaved. As he forgot all of his kindness. was a teacher of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said, I spent 18 days learning there. I learned one thing in our Mishnah, with an Aleph. He had 12 students. I was there for 18 days. I got to know the heart and the wisdom of each one of those students. Sounds like he learned a lot more than just the spelling of a word in the Mishnah. So the answer is, so he got to know the students. But he didn't actually get, do anything in his studies. Another answer is, He learned a lot of things from them. But from Abishai himself, the master, he only learned one thing, with an There's another thing. Meaning, he learned lots from Abishai, but only one thing in the Mishnah. And that was how to spell Me'abrin. We were so crowded that we were four of us within an Amah when we were studying with him. So Rebbe now talks about his youth. We'd have six in an Amah. Rabbushaya, my teacher, was like Rameir in his generation. As we saw earlier in the Masachet. Nobody could follow what Romer was saying. It was so deep. Uh, in the same way, Rabbi Yochanan here is explaining, and for us also, why Rabbi Shai is not more famous and more prominent, if he indeed was the greatest one of that generation. And the answer is that um, he was too deep for people to understand. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Liban Shalishonim Kepitcho Shel Ulam. The earlier sages had a heart like the vestibule entrance into the Mikdash. The more recent ones, like the opening to the Echal, which is half as wide. And we have an opening, we open, our hearts are as wide as the hole of a needle. Rishonim, who's that? Rabbi Akiva. Achronim, who's that? Rabbi Lazar and Shamua, Rabbi's teacher. Or move it down one generation, that the Rishonim is Rabbi, um, is Rabbi Elazar ben Shamua, and the Achronim is Rabbi Yochanan's Rabbi. 
ואנו כמו נקב מחד צדקית, והבעיה ארן כסיכתא בגודל הגמורה. And we have even like a peg in a wall for Gomorrah. It's very hard to pull it out and get anything in. But Anan, he said, we are even more humble. It's like a finger in a in some paraffin. He can't stick it in. We have like a finger in the hole as far as shikha goes, which means everything goes out. We forget everything. All right, so our knowledge bases, our knowledge abilities, uh, uh, Continue to recede. The Judeans who were very careful about the way they spoke, they were able to maintain their Torah. The Galileans were not that careful, and they did not maintain their Torah. So, is learning about erudition. It means they were very careful about the language of the learning. Menachlus simanim. They would put simanim in their learning, little mnemonics and ways to remember it. It came out Torah tan biadam. That's critical. I go with the Lord's calculation. They didn't do that. It came out Torah tan biadam. But Yehuda, gam mechad rabbah. In Yehuda, you would study with one rebbe. It came out Torah tan biadam. So their Torah lasted. But I go with the Lord's gam mechad rabbah. They'd go from rebbe to rebbe. It came out Torah tan biadam. It didn't last. Ravina or I had a different, another difference. But Yehuda, the galu masechta. They would study a masechet. Which may mean they didn't really learn deeply. And it's kind of an interesting thing that David being from Yehuda and Shaul from Benjamin further north. What's that mean? David What does it say about David and Tilim? He says, Those who fear you, God, see me and they're happy. That literally means, in the context, that uh, wherever Shaul went, he punished the enemies, and this is very successful. But the idea here is that he was not successful. How do we know God forgave him for that sin? The question is, what sin that is? Is the sin of the Givonim, etc.? When Shaul consulted with the necromancer, to call up Shmuel, Shmuel said to him, you and your sons are with me tomorrow. Of course, what that meant was, Shaul's going to die tomorrow, but the idea is, me in my special place with God. <coughs> now, I'm a Rabbi Abba. Yehika demashalu levnei Yehuda dedaikileshni. Go, somebody should ask, but Yehuda, because they're very careful about the language. Me'abrintan o me'abrintan, with an olive from an ayin. Akuzotnan o akuzotnan. It's another Mishnah. The question is, is it with an olive and ayin? Yadi shi'otinu va'amrile. And we asked them, and they said, Ikadatani me'abrin, ikadatani me'abrin, ikadatani akuzo, ikadatani akuzo. They said there are different versions. What does that mean? That's just an example. Yehuda, was a Judean. Talit He said, "I have. I'm selling a talit. my gavan What color is it? like beets on the ground. What does that mean? They said, so the, the word Amar in Aramaic could be read as Amar uh, in the sense of uh, Emer like a lamb or Hamar like a donkey or Amar like wool. So he was selling something. 
parenthetically in the uh, in the tradin, really not beets, but rather spinach. The idea is that it's something green. Uh, so his talit was green. So Shota, you foolish Galilean. Chamar you selling a donkey to ride on? Or maybe chamar meaning wine. Amar milbash, is it wool to wear? O imar or a lamb in order to get wool from it. There was a woman who wanted to say to her friend, uh, I'm going to give you uh, some milk, but she couldn't speak clearly because the Galileans had this problem. Uh, so instead, she said something uh, which means um, uh, which means uh, she was cursing her instead. She came in front of the Dayan. She said, she wanted to say, Marakire with a kuf, means master. Instead, she said, Marakire, my slave. And that she wanted to say, I had a tablet, a, a, a tray. Instead, she said, Tafla, which means a beam. And then she said, she wanted to say they stole it from me, and rather they said, mean they stole you, the Dayan. In other words, her language is all messed up. So what happened? And she was so big that if you, uh, it was so, it was so big that if you would, uh, put you on it, then your feet wouldn't touch the ground. All right, and it's a lot of nonsense. And in the meantime, the the, the Dayanim are trying to figure out what she's saying. I'm hot to the very Rebbe. Now we've heard lots of stories about the chairman made of Rebbe's. When she would speak wisdom, she would say, All right, so she would say, um, um, t- over there is the clea that you use to fill up the water. When she wanted to get it back, Alright, so she would then uh, say in a, in a, in a sharp way, let's take uh, the uh, cover off of another barrel and we'll pour more in and uh, we'll float to the top. All right, so he would say, um, make shor uh, mishpat is like tor dain, which is a way of saying tradin, and the idea then was, it was a play on words, which means spinach. They didn't have a um, uh, an ox. Um, and betur uh, miskein means a uh, a poor mountain. Poor mountain is hardal, hardal. That's what he wanted. When he would check with his host, he would say, "Gevar pum dein chai, mazu tova yesh." A little aphorism, it's a kind of riddle, really. He would say, "Gevar like an ish, pum is a pe, dein is ze, and chai chai." So ushpiz ushpiz, right? So he would describe his host as "Gevar pum dein chai." Mazutuvayesh, meaning it, this guy is very good. He would say, Atrigu lefachamin, Arkil lezavin, Vasulo shne magide baalata. So, Atrigu, he would say, burn up the, uh, the coals, uh, that they should be, 
as uh, gold, as uh, as red as an etrog, um, and to put the 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 coals on top of the um, on top of the stove to heat it up, and so our keel like spread it out like a firmament. And what's ba'alata here? Ba'alata, um, the the ones who notify us at night, meaning the chickens. He wanted to cook some chickens. It was a fancy way of saying that. Um, said, show us where Rabbi Eli is hiding. It's a little play on words, a lot of alliterations here. Um, and he said that his wife, who's an Aharonit, meaning a Batcoin, Aharonit, because he had, his wife had died, and this is his second wife, um, a Ranit, meaning she was very uh, attractive, like somebody would wake you up. <clears throat> and she woke him up. Could be referring to his wife, could be referring to Amasachta, uh, meaning that he was studying something in Kodashim. So what happened? The, the little play on words was that he got permission from the Nasi, and uh, and he went south, he gave like Negev, to Mephiboshet, meaning to the Chachamim in the south, who like the Agadah says about about Mephiboshet, uh, was able to defeat David B'chokhmam. Okay, we'll pause at this point, we'll pick it up with more Agadah in the next passage, in the next uh, podcast. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.